0: Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Steuer, and I'm the host of The Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by Coronatools.com, the nation's leader in garden and landscaping tools. Listeners of The Organic View can receive 20% off their CoronaTools.com purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For more promotional offers, please visit our website at www.TheOrganicView.com. And don't forget to check out our contest section. On today's show, I'm going to talk to Jean Brandy, who is the president of the American Beekeeping Federation, about controversial news from USDA that is claiming that American honeybee populations... Are rising. This is shocking news for many bee health advocates who have observed the exact opposite. So I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Gene Brandy. Good afternoon, sir, and welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you. my pleasure to be here.
0: Gene, could you tell our audience a little bit about your background as a beekeeper as well as your leadership role with the American Beekeeping Federation?
1: Well, I've been a beekeeper for more than four decades now. I can't believe I started keeping bees back in the early 1970s when I was going to college and um, been a commercial beekeeper running my own business since the latter 1970s. Um, Certainly is much more difficult to keep bees alive and healthy today than it was back in the 70s when I got started. And of course, it's for varying reasons, uh, but among them, pesticides for sure are one of those reasons.
0: Could you explain to our listeners that are not familiar with beekeeping husbandry to what extremes you have to go through in order to keep healthy hives?
1: Well, uh, first of all, let me say that I am a, a beekeeper here in central California, and for a good portion of the year, my bees are in the vicinity of commercial agriculture, and of course for part of that time, I'm actually pollinating crops such as almonds, melons, raspberries, blackberries, and a few apples and cherries as well. But bees need clean forage, uh, which is uh, nectar, pollen, and water, And in order to uh, survive and thrive. In some parts of the world, including much of of where I keep my bees for portions of the year, it's difficult to find clean forage because we are in, in agricultural areas. We do our best to try to keep the bees as healthy as possible by providing uh, additional supplemental feed if necessary and of course in years like this we finally had rain in California this year and so I was able to keep my bees in wildland areas uh, away from pesticide risk for much, uh, a much longer portion of the year so far but it is important that, uh, that the bees do have clean uncontaminated forage for as much of the year as possible if we're going to survive.
0: Now, the string question was circulated through Bloomberg. Do you, by any chance, know of the actual people that signed off on this reported data?
1: I, I certainly do not. I, I read that report myself, and I was, you know, I I mean, I guess the numbers are what the numbers are. I, I guess I, I'm not going to argue with the numbers. That's what they reported. But certainly it's not the whole story. I mean, if the if the numbers indeed are stable or rising slightly, it's because that the beekeepers in this country are going through extraordinary efforts to restock and rebuild the colonies that have died, because we're still having abnormally high losses. I mean, especially compared to the 70s and 80s. You know, when I was in my earlier beekeeping days, you know, we we've been um, experiencing nationwide uh, winter losses of uh, nearly 30 percent. Over the past 10, 11 years, and annual losses sometimes exceeding 40 percent, um, and uh, in order to, to rebuild from those types of losses, beekeepers need to split their good colonies and, um, and weaken them in order to restock the dead ones, and um, and and so that it's it's a lot of work, uh, it's a lot of expense, but yet we're trying. I know with our business, my son and I run a couple thousand colonies, and we we've lost in, in the last eleven years we've lost as few as thirteen percent and as many as forty five percent of our colonies over the winter. Um, and that doesn't include the losses during the summer, which just continue all the time and we have to restock them during the summer as the season goes on as well. But um it's a it's a serious problem and um the problems are not over by any means but the the total number of colonies that are were just reported in this last report were um as of june and of course may and june is like the peak time of the year for colony numbers after we've rebuilt our 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 dead-out colonies and restocked them in march and april and early may
0: would you agree that the information that's been circulated from this article is misleading um
1: you know as paul harvey would say what's the rest of the story and um I guess the, the theme that, that the bees are doing better because these numbers appear to be better uh, does not tell the whole story because it doesn't tell the story of the, the losses that I just described and the work and the, the, the dedication, the time and the effort and the expense that the beekeepers in this country have to go through to restock the dead ones. And it's, the numbers don't just happen. It, it's, it's, they're not talking about losses there. They're just talking about total colonies. As I understand the article, uh, they're talking about total colonies in June. And, um, uh, you know, if those indeed are, are the numbers, it is because the efforts of America's beekeepers to to rebuild. But it doesn't mean that that we're not still having losses. I think good evidence of that, June, our honey production in this country is significantly less than it used to be. We used to produce 200 to 250 million pounds of honey in the USA every year um, up until about uh, oh, 10, 15 years ago when the production started going down because of all this splitting. And in recent years, we've had trouble even reaching 170 million pounds. And a lot of years were like in the 140, 150 million pound range. And it's because when these colonies are split, like we're having to do to restock the dead ones, they're weakened. And it takes strong colonies to produce surplus honey. So we don't have the strength of colonies uh, in much of the year to produce the honey and it, it's so the the shorter honey crops we've been experiencing in the last 10-12 years are certainly um, a function of this increased splitting and all this this, uh, this extra stress on the, the strong hives.
0: In previous interviews with some of the other well-known commercial migratory beekeepers, such as Jeff Anderson, uh, Bill Rhodes, so on and so forth, from what I understand commercial migratory beekeepers are at a point where they must pick and choose whether they're going to focus on pollination or honey production. And that is a huge problem, which is something that has never been experienced in the history of beekeeping. Typically, beekeepers could do both. But it's at the point where they, these folks are struggling so much just to keep their operations afloat. They have to pick and choose what they want to do. Be that as it may, Tom Theobald made a comment several years back in regards to the impact of neonicotinoids on honeybees in america and he said before these problems began a typical u.s honey crop would have been in the neighborhood of 250 million pounds which is what you were saying before In 2009 the national honey crop was the lowest recorded since records have been kept 160 million pounds in 2011 the u.s honey crop was 115 million pounds And, once again, that was something that Tom Theobald had stated in a previous segment several years back. And according to these numbers from Bloomberg, they just don't make sense. When you follow the losses, they don't don't get into the details of where they're getting this data from, who signed off on it. It just seems as though they're shopping a story, basically, to do what EPA has been known to do, which is and EPA and USDA, for that matter, which is to support industry. They are not—they are not on top of this as much as they should be. In the previous administration, there were three memorandums that were issued every year, the month of June. And I remember because my birthday's in June, and my name is also. Mm-hmm. And nothing came out of it. Nothing from this current administration. And once again. Honeybees, as you know, I'm not trying to preach to the choir, but honeybees are critical to our food. And food is, our food production is part of national security. And they should really be more aggressive about this instead of being aggressive as far as protecting the needs of industry who seems to be financing a lot of things that we don't see.
1: Well June I, t- I got to tell you we are extremely disappointed with the response from EPA especially as a result of the national strategy to promote the health of honeybees and other pollinators cuz one of the things that um that they they came out with was this um, um this implement how they're going to implement the uh, uh their their new policy of uh, how to mitigate the exposure uh to bees uh, from the toxic pesticides, and and um, and we've we've written we've 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 uh, our industry, our American Beekeeping Federation, American Honey Producers, and others have written um, to EPA, and we've su- submitted formal comments um, of what we'd like to see, what we think is important. And yet, what they've done is they've they've differentiated between bees that are under contract to pollinate a crop and bees that are not under contract. And um, somehow giving the um, the bees under contract to pollinate a crop greater protection from toxic pesticides than bees not under contract. And, and we, our, our our point is that bees need protection from pesticides year round, whether they're pollinating a crop or not. Okay, so that's that's uh, that's the one issue. And then in their latest policy that was announced this last January, um, at our convention in Galveston, Texas. They said that they are recommending that the the language that has been on highly toxic products for years, which says uh, "do not apply this product to blooming crops or weeds if bees are visiting the treatment area," they recommend that that language be removed. And we think that that's so illogical. You know that in this time when the bees are still not healthy and are still uh, you know suffering the effects of pesticides of all types, you know neonic and, and other pesticides as well that it's not the time to uh, lessen the restrictions on pesticide labels. So yeah, we've been extremely disappointed and we've let them know that.
0: Well, unfortunately, EPA has pushed the whole the label is the law strategy for quite some time and we've had a number of commercial migratory beekeepers come on air to speak about that very issue. And the fact that they want to remove that, yeah, I agree, it is problematic. I'm just curious, has EPA responded to any of your concerns, any of your written complaints, so on and so forth?
1: Not in a in a written manner. We've we've had meetings with them, personal meetings, and they've they've uh, basically told us this is what it's going to be, and uh, like there's no intent to change this policy and we were shocked when we heard it we were really shocked because um we all submitted comments back in 2015 and apparently there was about 100 and well over 100,000 comments uh some of them were form letters but uh, but a lot of it like what we submitted was was um you know it was an individual comment and um uh and so they finally announced after, the, I think the comment period closed in August of 2015, and they finally announced in January of 2017 what this new policy is. And we just, we couldn't believe it. I mean, this is less protective of bees than former pesticide language. And and, and the differentiation between bees under contract to pollinate and those not under contract is, is just, it's just um, illogical. It doesn't make, if they're really trying to protect bees, these need protection from pesticides year-round, whether they're pollinating or not, and that's that's our, that's our, our belief and that's, that's our stance on that.
0: When dealing with legal issues, there should always be a paper trail, and it's abundantly clear that EPA is avoiding that paper trail. That's why they're having meetings and discussing things instead of putting it in writing, which is where it would matter because then it would hold them accountable. So clearly, they're dodging their responsibilities that they were designed to manage. Be that as it may, has the American Beekeeping Federation issued any press releases in regards to these very issues with EPA to further put pressure on them to do their job.
1: No, I, I can't say that that we have. I mean, we've
0: they're notorious uh, for sending out these press releases with misleading information. And I'm just curious what the response has been in regards to what their efforts have been.
1: Yeah, well, we, we have not issued a press release on – I mean, I've, we've, I, I've written some messages, uh, I guess messages from the president, if you will, in our newsletters and whatnot uh, discussing, um, you know, EPA issues, you know, this issue, um, the, the Managed Pollinator Protection Program. Efforts which, which we, I personally do not think are the answer to helping to, to solve the bee pesticide problems. Um, I, I've written about many of these in our newsletters to our membership, but as far as a general press release, uh, we have not done that.
0: The reason that I'm asking you, Jean, is because I receive hundreds of emails, messages, communications, letters, I still get letters, believe it or not, about honeybee losses in America and for that matter, globally. Mm -hmm. And it's so incredibly important for people like you to be heard. I really do thank you for taking the time to be on the show today, but it's so incredibly important for the things that you're sharing with your members to be shared publicly because so many people really don't know what to believe. Mm -hmm. Mainstream media seems to go along with whatever industry keeps putting out there, as well as USDA, EPA, so on and so forth. And what people need is to hear from people like you. They need to hear about the struggles that you, as well as the members, are experiencing. They need to hear about the truth about what is happening and why these pesticides must be banned, why people should support their local beekeepers, and instead of buying cheap imported honey which is often blended, to buy American honey to support our beekeepers here. Not to demand imported produce, but to support American organic farmers here. So that's why I'm asking you, how can the public be educated properly instead of relying upon this information that seems to appear in a multitude of media outlets, and it's the same carbon copy report. It's almost as if they just hit a button, and it's been released throughout the internet on multiple platforms. And it's the same, same misleading information verbatim, it's right? Ubiquitous. So
1: I, I, I agree, June, that there, there is, there's an effort. There certainly does appear to be an effort that. Uh, that is trying to say that well the bees are okay bees are doing better now, and and you know um, uh, there's also talk though that colony collapse is is, is fading and and it's, and it's not a problem and I've never really liked the term colony collapse disorder because our 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 problems our, our bees health problems revolve around pesticides and varroa mites and, and and poor nutrition and certain diseases but you know if if the varroa mite population can be kept down. Since they do vector certain diseases, and if the exposure to pesticides that compromise the bees' immune system, even at low-level exposures, can be minimized or eliminated, then these diseases, uh, many of these diseases, would not be a problem. So, um, uh, you know, I, this this idea that colony collapse is is fading, so everything is going to be wonderful again, is is not accurate because our our bee health problems continue as I and described. And also,
0: I, I just want to mention that in Australia. They don't have varroa mites they're sustaining historic losses so the reliance upon industry to say that that it's varroa mite is is just ridiculous it's it's an old excuse they need to start addressing what the problem is right well i mean
1: there's no question that varroa mites are a problem if not controlled but nonetheless that doesn't take away from the fact that pesticides are indeed
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: A problem for bee health, you know, in areas where bees are exposed. If you're in some part of the country where you're away from pesticides, um, well, that's that's, that's very fortunate. But uh, for those of us that are around pesticides, we do need to be uh, very conscious of of what's going on around us. And um, and we do realize that there is impact there, and sometimes very severe impact.
0: Jane, from what I understand, EPA and USDA representatives have met with you. Can you share with our listeners what exactly happened in these meetings, and was there any progress made?
1: Well, as I've described with EPA, I mean, we're disappointed with with EPA's um, policy, the new policy, and uh, the the labeling, which uh, in our eyes is less protective of bees and other pollinators than it ever has been, you know, at a time when we need more protection, not less. So we are disappointed uh, in that. Uh, we had a meeting with USDA back in June, our, our last meeting, but uh, there are still a lot of people uh, that were yet to be appointed, and uh, because of the new administration, so we did not. Uh, we got to meet with with one staffer from the secretary's office. We're always pushing for additional research facilities, and matter of fact, we are supposed to get a new facility here at UC Davis if they ever staff it. But we, we do rely on USDA ARS research, you know, uh honeybee research and we we um we're always pushing for, for them to, to do more for us and to be to be honest and forthright with their results.
0: Gene, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. I know this is peak season for you and I really thank you for taking the time. It's it's so precious for being on the show. No
1: problem. Is it, it it just worked out. It worked out fine today because I unloaded my load of bees on time. Got home, had breakfast, and and uh, got to get out and, and try to get some bee work done before it gets too hot. Because we're supposed to get to 100 degrees again wow. today. And once it gets that hot, it's better to leave them closed up and let them collect their water and keep themselves cool. But uh, I'll run out this morning and do what I can do.
0: Gene, before you go, could you share with our audience how people can join the American Beekeeping Federation?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, the American Beekeeping Federation is open to anyone, um, you know, beekeepers, large and small, or even if you just care about bees. Uh, and and uh, you can go to our website, which is abfnet.org, abfnet.org. And uh, you can check out the ABF, what we do. We're having our annual conference this coming January in Reno, Nevada, uh, at the Grand Sierra Resort, uh, January 9th through 13th. and uh, we're going to have speakers from all of the country, and, and uh, it looks at this point we'll even have some from out of the country that'll be speaking there. So it's a, it's a great conference, and uh, I think it's a great organization. We're we're, uh, we're happy to have uh, uh, any new members that are interested in in beekeeping or interested in helping bees.
0: Fabulous. Thank you so much, Jean, for being on the show. And folks, please check out the companion article, which will have a link to the American Beekeeping Federation in case you're interested in joining. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Steuer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon.